Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslenko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 2, Episode 14 of this podcast. We'll hear Father Mark's homily from March 31st, 2019, the fourth Sunday of Lent in Year C. The Gospel for this week is Luke, Chapter 15, Verses 1 to 3 and 11 to 32. Let's listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So, to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, 
you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother, who was dead, has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. I can see it on your faces. You're saying, why is he here and not over there? Sometimes it's good to discuss some housekeeping business and divert from the normal expectations of a homily. And that's one of the things I would like to do today. So the first thing I would like to just simply bring to your attention and hopefully elevate our awareness about is the procedure that we use for receiving Holy Communion. As you know, the Church allows us two choices or options in that regard. We can receive our Blessed Lord on our tongue or in our hand. For those choosing to receive in their hand, I would simply ask you to please exercise a measure of caution. Be sure to present your hands to the minister in the form of a throne so that the sacred host can be placed on your palm. And then, rather than traveling away from the Eucharist minister at the time of receiving communion, please receive the host immediately. This will allow us to safeguard the sacredness of this moment so that we don't travel with the Eucharist back to our seats or end up with a situation where a host is found in one of the pews and the disrespect for the Eucharist, of course, then entails. So I think if we all just get on the same page with this measure of caution, it'll certainly help and assist in our reception of Holy Communion and protect the reverence that is due. So thank you for your cooperation with that. The second thing I'd like to talk to you about is a phrase that you may have seen in passing, but we haven't really had the time to really discuss its definition. And the phrase is this, pastoral counsel. Pastoral counsel. You know, every church has two councils at the basis of its structure. One is the finance council, and one is either termed a parish council or a pastoral council. Now, most of us are fairly familiar with the parish council model. That's when a group of folks get together, usually elected, and they discuss the business of the parish, each one representing different ministries and groups, sharing the current news and concerns, and then advising the pastor on various parish needs and developments. Some who have served on parish councils have found them to be a good experience, and some, actually most, have found them not. The other model, the parish pastoral council, is the one that I have chosen to implement here at Saints Isidore and Maria. and just want to take a moment to discuss this with you today. In your bulletins, you will find a very nice detailed handout with the particulars of what a pastoral council is and what ours here is undertaking at this moment and seeking to accomplish. I'd like to begin by referring to the decree on ministry and life of priests that's found in the Vatican II documents. There it says, 
The pastors, indeed, should recognize and promote the dignity and responsibility of the laity in the church. They should willingly use their prudent advice and confidently assign duties to them in the service of the church, leaving them freedom and scope for acting. Indeed, they should give them the courage to undertake works on their own initiative. Many benefits for the church are to be expected from this familiar relationship between laity and the pastors. Strengthened by all her members, the church can thus more effectively fulfill her mission for the life of the world. Canon 519 then directs us, the pastor is the proper shepherd of the parish entrusted to him, exercising pastoral care in the community entrusted to him under the authority of the diocesan bishop in whose ministry of Christ he has been called to share. The pastor is to acknowledge and promote the proper role which the lay members of the Christian faithful have in the church's mission. In short, the pastor has the primary role of leadership in both the spiritual and temporal affairs of the parish. The pastor leads the community by example, empowerment of others, appropriate delegation and authority, and participation in the pastoral planning process. The pastoral council then shares in all of these things in my leadership of our parish community. The pastoral council assists me as I carry about the, the directives and the intentions that the church places before me. In many ways, we echo the sentiments of St. Paul today in taking on this ministry of reconciliation. And the ministry of reconciliation is really the task of the gospel, and the task of the gospel is to restore relationships. So I, in, and in conjunction with the pastoral council are about the restoration of relationships to examine and discern our relationship with God, how we can better open up an avenue of relationship with one another, both within our boundaries and outside of our boundaries, how we can better serve the needs of the poor, how we can better relate to ourselves and then to the world that God entrusts to our care. So to that end, the pastoral council of the parish has a few aims in mind. The first is to assist me, as I said, in the pastoral and spiritual leadership of our community. The second is to clarify the pastoral and spiritual needs of our community. Those are not always obvious, and it takes a group of dedicated individuals to come together and clarify what specifically are our needs and then to discern, define, and develop the mission of our parish. And lastly, to create a roadmap to advance our mission and then identify and address the needs of ongoing pastoral planning. If you look at any parish structure, there are basically seven elements that a pastor and the pastoral council need to keep their eyes on so that everything can work in sync and all needs be addressed. The handout in your bulletin goes into a little bit more detail with what these actually mean, but they are things like evangelization, worship, word, community, stewardship, and leadership. So when it's time together so far, 
in addition to discerning who we are as a pastoral council, we've been working with those seven elements and seeing which ones we think are more important to address at this juncture in our life together. And we've defined four. The first is community, to continue our parish unification, to share all aspects of parish life, refine and enhance our ministries, programs, and social events, and serve the needs of all of our parishioners in our unified community of Saints Isidore and Maria. The second has to do with evangelization, to invite and engage all members of our parish community, to invite and reach out to members of our parish community and beyond, help all deepen their spirituality and become more actively engaged in their faith. Everyone should feel welcome here, acknowledged and supported. Third has to do with stewardship, to share our gifts and talents, to help our talented parishioners find opportunities to share their gifts and talents with their parish community and experience the blessing of doing Christ's work in small and large ways. And then lastly, has to do with the word, to support and grow small church communities, to provide small church community experiences where folks can come together, whether established or new, with direction and framework for growing in faith and friendship together. And so with those four things in mind, our parish pastoral council is getting about the work of its ministry. So where does this leave us? The pastoral council meets monthly, and we will continue to work on these four key elements, as I mentioned. We will update you on our progress and initiatives through the use of the bulletin and other means. And we're going to also provide you a parish website link for you to pose questions and offer your own suggestions. We do want to hear from you. Next weekend, you'll have an opportunity to meet our parish pastoral council as they'll be commissioned at each of our liturgies and we'll have time for a reception and meet and greet afterwards. I am reminded of some words from our current Pope regarding the joy of the gospel and the mission of the church. You know, it is not any surprise that human beings hunger for many things and our human hungers are grave. They're not only physical, but they're spiritual and psychological as well. Many suffer from some sort of poverty or alienation. And again, it's not always just physical. And so in light of that, our Holy Father directs us, let us go forth then, let us go forth to offer everyone the lift of Jesus Christ. Here I repeat for the entire church what I've often said to the priests and laity of Buenos Aires. I prefer a church which is bruised, hurting, and dirty because it has been out in the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own security. I do not want a church concerned with being at the center and which ends up being caught up in a web of obsessions and procedures. If something should rightly disturb us and trouble our conscience, it is the fact that so many of our brothers and sisters are living without the strength, light, and consolation born of friendship with Jesus Christ, without a community of faith to support them, without meaning and a goal in life, more than by fear of going astray, 
my hope is that we will be moved by the fear of maintaining shut up within our structures, which always give us a false sense of security, within rules which make us harsh judges, within habits which make us feel safe, while at our door people are starving and Jesus does not tire of saying to us, give them something to eat. And so there are many in our world that can benefit from the life and the love that we have here within our community. Many can benefit from the strength, the light, and the consolation of a friendship with Jesus Christ. Many without a community of faith can find one. Many without meaning and a goal in life can discover one. And then together we can give them something to eat as Jesus then proclaims and directs us physically, spiritually, and emotionally. May we be who we are called to be and who God directs us to be as we journey together as our community of Saints Isidore and Maria. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.